When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined, as always, by Perry Goldstein. Happy New Year 2024, kicking things off the right way. With a victory Monday, just as we all expected going into this week, Packers in control of their own destiny going into that playoff picture. Everything will be decided in week 18. Must win game for both both teams. And the Packers came out victorious, winning 33-10 to 10 on New Year's Eve. Perry, what a way to start 2024. Yeah, you can't really ask for much more, huh? This, uh, I gave you, I gave you your flowers pre-show. So I'm going to do it while everybody's listening, but you said every year under Matt LaFleur, the second game against the Vikings, the Packers go in to no matter where they're playing and they beat the pants off the Vikings. It's always a huge blowout. And you called it, you said 34, 17 and Hey, it was even better than that. It was 33 to 10. So well done, Maggie. Matt LaFleur just... He has their number the second time around. Yeah, I mean, it's what you want to see. And I thought it was really interesting. I don't know who pointed it out to me, but someone had mentioned to me post game that the Packers, their two losses in division games came at home this season. And then their three wins against division opponents were all away games on the road, which is really impressive. I mean, hostile environment to go into Minneapolis with a playoff spot on the line. You know, the way that they started with shirtless Kirk Cousins blowing the horn, I'm like, this is like, they're just trying to amp this thing up a little too much and Packers came out and just didn't have any issues with it, but let's go ahead and get started with the Packers offense because we say every week we're talking about a young offense, missing weapons. Christian Watson didn't dress. Dontavian Wicks wasn't out there. Uh, Thankfully, Jaden Reed was able to go, but just remains to be so impressive what Jordan Love is able to do with the supporting cast. And as they continue to grow together, it's only going to get better and it's only going to get more and more fun to watch. I don't know if we need to continue to see any more to feel confident about Jordan Love. Now I just enjoy it. There are no more questions. I have all of my answers. Um, this season has totally and completely exceeded expectations in terms of not just Jordan, but the offense as a whole. Um, And everything about this season was, are they better in week 18 than they were in week one and week eight? And the answer unequivocally is yes. And I think it is so hard. And even the last few weeks, you know, we've been very focused on this defense and that's because they've been the weak link it is not to take away from the fact that like this Packers offense for this entire last like eight, nine week stretch has been phenomenal, even with the rotation of all the young players um, as they've been battling with injuries, they've been so sharp um, and they've developed so nicely. And Jordan seems to thrive 
on a primetime stage, right? He gets under these bright lights on these holiday games and he just loves to show the world, this is who I am. Um, and this was just another example game for of that, right? He went 24 of 33, 256 yards, three passing touchdowns, one very crazy, a little nerve wracking, <laughs> diving for the pylon kind of uh, rushing touchdown, no picks, no turnovers, just an absolute like masterclass. Um, I can't wait to watch the QB school breakdown of the tape on this one. And he is him and he's doing it with, like you said, no Christian Watson, um, no Luke Musgrave, they elevated Bo Melton. We're going to talk about a Bo Melton over a hundred yard game. Um, so he's just been so impressive. He is the guy. I can't wait until they give him his extension this off season. He deserves it. He is the Packers franchise quarterback. Um, and now we get to, not that this is a bears preview game, but now we get to go see what we can, what he can do um, in week 18, whether he can lead this team to a, playoff push um but either way Packers destiny is in their hands after being the Vikings yeah we'll we'll take a really deep dive into Jordan Love and you know what the playoff atmosphere would mean for such a young offense and all that stuff we'll save it because it's going to be a really good conversation but just how can you not be so impressed by him 30 passing touchdowns, which is, I think, third in the league, four rushing touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, 3,843 yards on the season. So with one game left, very statistically likely that he eclipses 4,000 yards on the year. Just yes, we're talking about a first-year starter with the growing pains that we anticipated from this offense. Just really couldn't come away more impressed with what he's been able to do. And, you know, I thought Matt LaFleur has been in his bag the last couple weeks offensively, putting his guys in really good positions. And it's just not to say the last couple of years haven't been fun, but it feels like there's a different energy in the locker room, especially, I think, with this really young offense. You know, we see like Bo Melton getting jumped on and all the guys jumping into his media scrum after the game, like the closeness of this locker room, they're all just really young and having fun and like learning and growing together. And I think that that's what makes it more exciting too, because we've, we've talked about it. We haven't necessarily seen this offense at full strength. We haven't had David Bakhtiari, Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, everybody out on the field at the same time. So when they have all these rotational pieces and options, it's going to be really fun and kind of scary yeah. to see what they can come up with. And they've been saying, too, since the offseason, right, since before any real snaps were taken, since before Jordan Love threw a single touchdown pass, every single guy in this locker room has said, this is our guy. We know he is him. We know, you know, this is our QB. We have his back. We're just waiting to show everyone what we can be. And it was not without its ups and downs this season uh, naturally um, as I think any young team is going to have their ups and downs, but it's, I think pretty unequivocal um, what we're seeing, right? The team knew now we know Jordan love is the guy um, and he does have some very fun weapons. So let's start with, I think the one that deserves the most, I don't know, praise in my mind, which is Jaden Reed, um, two touchdowns on the day, six catches for 89 yards, 
probably would have had more if he had not gotten hurt. He re-injured the chest. Um, sounds like it's going to be a little bit touch and go. He's going to get some additional testing, x-rays, etc. He sounds like a dog. Like He sounds like he has some serious, I don't know, high pain tolerance because he apparently was trying to go back into the game and the coaches were like, dude, no. Um, but he broke Sterling Sharp's rookie receptions record in this game, which is amazing. I I think it's really hard to like fathom what we're actually watching with this young team. They are the youngest, not just the youngest team in the NFL. They're the youngest team ever in the NFL. We have never seen an offense this young ever. Um, and they're not only producing like these incredible games, winning games. They're now finally at 500, um, potentially going on a playoff push, but they're breaking records. I mean, this is just unbelievable. Um, so I found it incredibly impressive. Obviously the first touchdown was probably the highlight for me. I know it was very early in the game, but that was uh, an absolute rope. It was beautiful. Um, and then the second touchdown being one just gritty, not letting anyone get him down, breaking tackles, um, just this team, I think each of the individual players, and I, I would love your take on this. It just is very clear that no matter what Matt LaFleur asks of each of them, they do it a hundred percent, whether it's a block, whether it's an end around, whether it's running around, it doesn't matter what's asked of them. They're doing it to like the best of their abilities. And I think it's really showing. Um, it's showing in their stats. It's showing in that they're all getting their touches. They're all getting their opportunities. Um, they're all getting their touchdowns. So I'm just incredibly impressed, but amazing to see Jaden Reed break that record for sure. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. I just pulled it up, you know, out of curiosity. Now he actually officially leads the team in receptions. He has 60. Romeo Dobbs is right behind at 59. And then the third highest is actually Dontavian Wicks with 33. So really significant gap talking about like, you know, the, the players that uh, Jordan Love is looking to and Reed has 800 scrimmage yards, 10 touchdowns on the season. First Packer to hit double-digit touchdowns, which is also really cool as a rookie. Yeah. 10 so. touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, double digits as a rookie. Like, that's so impressive. Mm -hmm. So impressive. I don't know if a rookie – have we ever seen a rookie receiver do that in the last few years? I don't think so. Tay didn't his rookie season. You know, it's – Yeah. It's amazing. And there are going to be a lot of players who are in the conversation, obviously, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I think C.J. Stroud probably has that locked up pretty tight. Um, Nakua, probably right in the Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like and there's so many really fun, really, really fun rookie receivers that are having amazing seasons. But I think Jaden Reed deserves to at least be in the conversation as a nominee. I think would I would throw him in in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we talk about every week there's like a player that sticks out. Malik Heath had a couple fun weeks. Christian Watson not being available. Dontavian Wicks not being available. We wondered, you know, like who is going to be the guy. And Jane Reed obviously put the put the game on his back, had two touchdowns. Like you said, broke the record, had a long of 30, 33 yards. But we, of course, have to talk about Bo Melton. You teased it a little bit. Practice squad elevation uses up all of his eligibility. Basically comes into this game, six receptions on nine targets, 
17.5 yard average gets his first career touchdown 105 yards on the season as we all <laughs> expected the first packer to put up 100 yards receiving this season is practice squad bo melton but just and i think that's what makes this team so special is it is so young that you're elevating guys from the practice squad to even round out your room and they go out and put out performances like this and that they've been so banged up, right? Yeah. Bo Melton would not be playing if Christian Watson was healthy, if Dontavian Wicks was healthy, if Luke Musgrave was healthy, right? He get, he's getting this opportunity, unfortunately, because they've had so many injuries. But again, to your point, it's like to the credit of this team, and it goes to coaching as well and to the trainers and to everyone, like they're all ready. It's the next man up mentality that I think this team under Matt Floor has always had, which is, when my number gets called 80, Donald Driver, um, I'm going to go out there and make the most of that opportunity. And, hey, six receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown, like, that's making the most of the opportunity. And, again, you said it earlier, these guys are so amped for each other. Yeah. Like, how could you not get a little emotional watching them freak out for him? You know, you see Romeo Dobbs taking a photo in the locker room where all the media members have that like b- big scrum around his locker, because that's once in a lifetime for him. He's a practice squad player and the Packers do a very good job. I think finding that, you know, end of the draft undrafted free agent talent. This is something that I think this team does a very good job of, but it says a lot about the player when they do make the most of that opportunity. And he did in a big way. Yeah, before we flip it to the defensive side of the ball, something that we had talked about, you know, as one of the keys to success going into this game was making your offense play defense, right? And winning the time of possession battle. And it felt very lopsided. Obviously, you had a young quarterback making his first start for Minnesota, but the Packers dominated time of possession. It was 37 and a half minutes to 22 and a half minutes. And it honestly felt more lopsided than that. You know, it felt like the Packers had the ball for even longer, but just when you look at like their third down efficiency, nine of 14, um, 17 passing first downs, which was really impressive to me, nine rushing touchdowns or touchdowns, geez, nine rushing first downs, just really methodical. They were able to drive the ball um, better, I think, than expected against a Vikings defense that had been pretty good in recent weeks. Brian Flores, you know, has the ability to throw the house at anyone. And Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur felt like they had answers for everything that he was doing. So just all around, not too many penalties on either side. Both teams only had two. So really clean game, which is what we said. Win the turnover battle, win time of possession, play a clean football game. And the Packers pretty much exceeded expectations in every category going into this. Yeah. Well, time of possession helps when you have your ground game running as good as the Packers had in this game, right? You get Aaron Jones, two carries, 120 yards. You mean averaging six yards a carry, right? Like he... He looks like he's in early season form right now. Naturally, he's going to be because he hasn't been playing. But when you have a healthy Aaron Jones, and I say this every time he plays, but it totally changes the dynamic of your offense. It opens up every playbook. It stretches your defense because he's a playmaker. He's probably one of your best playmakers, if not the best playmaker on this team. And I know they talked a lot about his age in this game, how he like just turned 29 and you know, I, I get it. I mean, I'm about to turn 29. Like that's <laughs> old for the NFL. He doesn't look it. He 
he still got so much burst, so much speed, all the shiftiness. And I mean, I want 33 on the Packers for as long as he wants to play for this team because he brings the juice. He brings the vet presence. I mean, even at the very end of the game when there's a scuffle and he gets punched in the face and he's like, no, 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 we're not doing this right now. You know, just everything about him is exactly what you need. And he was the perfect antidote for this game because you get long drives, you get the ground game going, you mix in AJ Dillon, you mix in a little Patrick Taylor. They, I mean, they looked great on the ground against what has been a pretty good Vikings defense for all intents and purposes. And you can open up, I mean, they could do whatever they wanted through the air because of it. And it really did feel like they owned, I mean, they dominated this game, like, overall and every aspect but you kept the ball away from the vikings you scored 33 points just perfect everything about this game was perfect they could do everything and anything they wanted to do on offense against the vikings and they did and i think a huge a huge piece of that is is aaron jones i mean the statistics show like when he gets 15 or more touches in a game they win (laughs) and he had 20 right I mean, it's not a coincidence that you talk about some of their best games of the season points wise and their time of possession and ability to move the ball came the last two weeks when they put up 33 points and they had 162 yards on the ground and 177 yards on the ground. And then when you look at early in the season when they had 84 yards on the ground, 95, 27 against the Lions in that loss. So it just it's a perfect illustration of, you know, how this offense and the offense has been really good with the lack of a run game. But to add that wrinkle makes it even more scary now at this point and get opens up so many more things for them. So let's flip it to the defense. The one thing I'll say before we flip to the defense, I was thinking about it while I was watching is like, we obviously have to get through week 18. Right. And um, so I'm not negating that. I'm not overlooking the bears. That's not what I'm doing here, but I will say if the Packers win, when the Packers win, they make the playoffs. The idea that they're getting, a really well-rested Aaron Jones and Aaron Jones that does not have a lot of touches on the season. Who's a very, you know, like he hasn't been the workhorse this year. He's, he is basically on week, what, four of the season for him for a playoff push. That's pretty, that's a pretty ideal state to be in, in my mind. Just a thought while I was watching this game. No, absolutely. And I mean, I think that's, you know, what makes all of this, the talk of the playoffs, the talk of your win and you're in. The offense has not been the concern, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen the offense put up points, especially in the latter half of the season. Like yeah. we know what they're capable of. So now we shift the conversation <laughs> the of the ball and, to segue. and talk about what that looks like. Right. Because the defense played really well. There were a lot. Corey Ballantyne had his first career interception came up in a huge moment. Packers were able to capitalize on that and score points. Like a lot of these guys, Preston Smith had a really good game. These guys Great played game. their butts off and, and you can I argue that. Preston yes. Smith. Like it's Jaron, you know, Jaron Hall making his first career start. But okay, we saw what happened against Tommy DeVito. We saw what happened against Bryce Young, who had looked, you know, very average all season. So you got to play who's in front of you. And Nick Mullins came in. They still had Justin Jefferson. Jordan Addison was able to play. Justin Jefferson had, what, 57 yards, 59 yards? Like, mm-hmm. I I think, 
I think you could have said that Justin Jefferson put up 150 yards and I would have been like, okay, well, if the Packers still win to hold him sub 60 yards on the day with Corey Ballantyne and Carrington Ballantyne and Keyshawn Nixon, like the guys deserve their flowers because they, they played exceptionally. Yes. Look, I'm not negating it. And I understand like going up against that Viking secondary with your basically second, I don't, I hate to say this and I'd say in the most respectful way possible, but like your second string secondary players, you know, your starters are Jair and Stokes. You're going with Carrington Valentine, Corey Valentine. They played so well. Um, And you're right. Holding Justin Jefferson sub 60 is absolutely worthy of praise. You also have to look at the fact that like, I don't think Jaron Hall completed a pass until like the second quarter. So that actually got him going to it like it was exactly. not right so you it is subpar qb play and again they did play bad backups that they let run all over them this is how you're supposed to play yes against a backup this is this is what this defense is supposed to look like against these backup quarterbacks so i i find it a li- like yes thank you finally this this is what uh, this is what the expectation is when you go into a game like this. Um, so I agree, well done guys, but also not too far, you know, because if this was against Kirk, if this was against Josh Allen, if this was against a, a, a starter, yeah, but not Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins in my mind. Um, so this doesn't yeah. save Joe Barry's job for you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm no. Just um, that being said, that being said, it was awesome to see them finally get some turnovers. Mm-hmm. The offense turned the turnovers into points. Paha! Look at that complimentary football. Woo! Um, and I think the front deserve does deserve a ton of credit. They created a ton of pressure. They knocked Jaron Hall and Nick Mullins both off their spot. And it caused them to not be able to get to get the ball to their playmakers, which made the secondary's life a lot easier in this game. So again, all around like well done, well executed game plan from the defense. This is how you play against bad quarterbacks. Um, I will say, I know Joe sent a lot of blitzes against Carolina. Carolina had answers for those blitzes. The Vikings did not have answers for those blitzes in this game, and that was really fun to watch. Um, we all know how much I love a cornerback blitz. It was really fun to watch Keyshawn Nixon get in there. Um, I loved seeing him use Quay in that way as well. Quay is so athletic and get home. Um, you said it. Preston had an awesome game. I think Preston is having an awesome season. Um, I have no. I think he's making. It's going to be a very difficult decision this offseason what to do with Preston Smith based on the way he's been playing. So, again, they they played the way they should be playing against this kind of quarterback. And I'm, yeah. I'm proud of them. And, I mean, I think we forgot to mention it, too. The first time that, the, that Jordan Love played the Vikings, he took four sacks. Completely mm-hmm. clean game. Offensive line didn't give up a single sack. So kudos to the offensive line. Forgot to mention that when we were talking about the offense flip side of that now the Packers defense got four sacks in this game which you know you could argue was one of the the huge differences you said it when a young quarterback can't get off the you know get through their progressions because the pressure's in their face 
it was really unfortunate for me to see Isaiah McDuffie go down because that just, you know, he's been having such a good season, especially in spot duty for Devondre Campbell, who hasn't been playing. So sad to see that, but Eric Wilson played all right in spot duty as well. So, and it was fun to see so many guys getting involved. Quay Walker had the sack, Preston Smith had a sack, but then Keyshawn Nixon, Isaiah McDuffie, Devontae Wyatt and Colby Wooden all with a half sack like just really cool to see contributions from the young guys Carl Brooks was it that had the fumble recovery um yeah so just really we talk about it every week like the contributions that the young players are making Lucas Van Ness coming in you know to his own a little bit Carl Brooks seems like he's on the stat sheet every week Colby Wooden just mentioned with the half sack really nice to see progress from the young players Full team effort, full team front. This front can be so, so, so dangerous when they play as a cohesive unit. And this was like this game versus the Giants game, I think, are the two that you can compare. Whereas like the Giants game, they did not play as a cohesive unit. They looked like a bunch of individual players just trying to get at the quarterback. Whereas in this game, it really looked like they each knew their role. They executed their role. And because of that, they each got a little bit, a little piece. They each got home. Um, so, yeah, no, not enough to save Joe Barry's job because this is meeting, this is called meeting expectations. You know, when I get my end of year review and I'm graded like one through five, this is what we call two and a half meeting expectations. Still good job. Gold star. Good job. But you're not excelling. <laughs> sorry I'm being a little harsh but no I mean and it's it's fair like I mean I thought we talked about a little pre-show but I thought it was funny that Chris Collinsworth on the broadcast like they kept panning to Joe Barry and he was talking about like yeah like I don't have my head in the sand I'm not naive to the fact that Joe Barry's been on the hot seat and you know we could see Matt LaFleur make a coaching change after the season like this performance against a rookie quarterback a fifth round pick making his first start like I don't think it it negates anything that we saw the last four weeks because these are issues that we've seen for three seasons. They're not, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't a Band-Aid fix. He didn't turn into the the uh, the carriage, right? He's still a pumpkin at the end of the day. But, like, yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. So let's talk about special teams because that was, that was the pumpkin of this whole complimentary football um, journey, I think. And, you know, it is what it is. It's yeah. just... I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this. I I saw this argument on Twitter and I just your perspective on it. What did you think of the decision to put Samori Toure back there? Jaden Reed obviously was injured, but some people, you know, have said that the Packers tend to overcomplicate things. And we've seen that, right? Like Amari Rogers was back there for way too long. Like, why not Keyshawn Nixon? Like, where where does Toure come from in that moment? You think it just like I really don't know. I don't I that made no sense to me. Um you have Keyshawn Nixon. It, like you said, it's so, sometimes the simple answer is the right answer, which is put Keyshawn Nixon back there. Yeah. I truly don't, and I'm not advocating for anyone. I, I don't love advocating for people to lose their jobs. I simply don't know what Samori Toure's role on this team is any longer. So. Yeah. And I mean, we, we kind of talked about a pre-show as well. Like Bo Melton, out of practice squad elevations at this point, deserving of a spot on the roster, obviously. So who's the odd man out in that room? It's Maury Toure. 
And if you look at snap counts and playing time, I think, you know, those decisions kind of shake themselves out and it'll be really interesting. We'll get into it, of course, when we talk more about the actual week 18 preview. But if Luke Musgrave, he's already been designated to return, if he's able to Mm -hmm. return, if Christian Watson is practicing in a limited capacity, if if they get all of their playmakers back and we get a little preview of what 2024 can look like in week 18. It's going to be very fun to see this offense. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, I mean, I think it's become clear. We've talked about this in in previous weeks. Like, where this group is, you can see where the stragglers Mm -hmm. are, right? Because, and we've said it a number of different times, so I don't want to beat a dead horse with it, but there isn't a a one, right? There's, Right. There's a number of guys that Jordan gets the ball to, across the board and so when everyone is contributing and there's only the one or two that aren't contributing it it becomes a little bit starker and then especially when someone gets a practice squad elevation and has an 100 yard receiving day you know it it starts to become clearer too it is what it is not everyone's going to stick to a roster and when the room's this deep Sometimes decisions happen to be made, unfortunately. Um, But back to your original question. Yeah, I thought it was weird. Um, Obviously, um, it was an unfortunate, it was probably the only negative play the Packers made the whole game, um, aside from the missed extra point. And luckily, they were so far ahead at that point, it didn't matter. It was like garbage time, basically. but you can't do that. You cannot make right. those mistakes because in a game where it's closer, like that's a, that is a game swinging momentum, swinging, changing play. Um, and this special teams does that every once in a while. And it's just, it, again, if you're trying to make a playoff push, those are mistakes that cannot be made. So it doesn't matter that you're up by 30. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, for all that we talk about Joe Barry's seat being warm, you wonder what Asachi's seat is like, because we know that he's got the elevation as assistant head coach, in addition to being special teams coordinator. But we've seen the teams that he's come from and the special teams unit he's led and, you know, the the significance of his efforts as a coordinator and the Packers are still like 31st. Like what I don't know if yeah. there's a curse that has been put on Packers special teams, but they're just historically bad all the time. And I don't know what that what the reasoning for is. And you know, Anders Carlson to his credit has looked pretty good this season. So, you know, you hope that that continues and maybe that's Basachia's influence as well, like he did with Daniel Carlson, but I don't know. It's just interesting yeah. to think about like if there is a coordinator change on the defensive side of the ball. Will Matt mm-hmm. do anything with a special teams unit or is he going to do, you know, one at a time? Yeah. Um, otherwise, though, I thought special teams actually had a nice game. They made some really great tackles on kick and punt returns. Um, pretty status quo. I mean, hard to have a bad game when you're winning by so much and your punter is barely doing anything. And, <laughs> you know, so, Yeah. Hard, hard to find some cons out of this, out of this win. Yeah. So let's, let's really quickly before we wrap, just look at 
where the Packers sit. We'll go into it in a lot more detail, of course, when we do our Packers Bears preview. But with this win, the Packers now are in control of their own destiny. They are currently sitting as the seventh seed in the playoffs. If they beat the Bears next week, they are in. That's all they need to do is win next week because they hold tiebreakers over some of the other teams that would be in contention for that spot. If the Rams lose and the Packers win, things get a little more interesting because the Packers, I believe, then get the sixth seed because they have the tiebreaker with the Rams and the Mm -hmm. Rams would fall to the seventh seed. So if you're looking way too far ahead at the playoff picture, that would mean that if the Packers are the sixth seed, they would end up going to Ford Field to take on the Lions in the wild card round. If they're the seventh seed, it would end up being should be the Cowboys or the Eagles at this point, whoever ends up winning the NFC East. So the Lions, whoever they're rooting for, they're either going to see Matt Stafford or the Packers in the wild card round at Ford Field, which is fascinating to me. I don't think that it could have been a worse draw for Lions fans to have the Packers or Stafford come to town. That's crazy. I love it so much. The NFL is amazing. The script is amazing this year. The script is amazing. So good. (laughs) Um, Wow. Well, we will be back with our Bears preview show. Um, It should be a fun one. The Bears are obviously a vastly different team than week one, just as the Packers are. So a lot to discuss. A lot to discuss. They would absolutely love the opportunity to come in and play spoiler. Just oh, like the Lions oh, did last year. So. 100%. 100%. Well, especially after being eliminated this week and officially having the first pick in the draft. This is house money for them. Absolutely. But we will dive into all that later this week. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. You can find the podcast on Twitter at PWSS Podcast. You can find Perry on Twitter at Perry underscore Goldstein. Have me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. All other socials at Pax What She Said. Make sure you like and subscribe on YouTube if you don't already. If you're listening in the audio format, download the show and give us good reviews there as well. We appreciate that. Happy 2024. Hopefully, we have some more really exciting football to talk about for the next couple weeks. Because quite frankly, I'm not ready for package football to be over yet. I'm going to need something else to occupy my time. So thank you. We'll be back shortly with a Bears preview. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.